You're listening to The College Loop, your number one podcast for Auburn sports, talking all things orange and blue every Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. On today's installment of The College Loop, A-Day Madness continues with Brooks Walton joining the show as he does every Tuesday for Brews Day with Brooks. Women's basketball's got some news with Aisha Koulibaly heading to the transfer portal. Baseball drops a weekend series at Florida after a Sunday meltdown display. And softball clutches up over Ole Miss. All of this and more. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. You're listening to The College Loop, and this is a fun one. Hey, you know what to do. You're grown. You know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's 1 o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop, episode 44 and part two of 8A Madness. We uh, talked about quarterbacks a little bit in the offensive line yesterday. Today, again, we are joined by Brooks Walton, but let me introduce my co-host as well, Daniel Locke and Baba Tomato, taking off of his very busy schedule, helping Larry find his hairbrush. <laughs> and, well, Brooks, how you doing, man? I'm good. Fun to be back. Bruce Day with Brooks. We're going to have to order this man a microphone at some point, guys, and just go and send it to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, lo- he looked a little wigged out by that. It's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work. No, no, no. I just don't want to be messing screwing anything up i hope it don't sound too bad no you sound great i was just saying we need to get you a we, we might be able to get you a little little boom mic action going on make, make, make people feel like they're in your living room that would be great it'd be sick they're not as expensive as you think anyways welcome back to a day madness welcome to a day madness uh brooks we're excited to to be to be building up and we're talking football i don't know if you've heard yet but it was seven under seven this week seven shows seven days it really wound up being for for dylan it wound up being like nine shows in eight days and uh for the two of us we both got the Auburn Daily Show as well this week. Uh, so we're, we are loading ourselves heavy on some some A-Day content, and we're really excited to be bringing it to you guys. If you're watching the YouTube version of this one, before we even get going, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell. Big shout-out to all you guys, all, all of our new followers and subscribers. Really excited to have you guys on board. Welcome to the loop. Boom, welcome to the loop. Maybe I'll tweet it just on behalf of that. And uh, let's, let's talk ball, guys. A-Day is five days away. Yep. Four days as this comes out. Excuse me. And Brooks... We got a linebacker in the room right now, so we can't not talk about what A-Day looks like for these Auburn linebackers. But before we get into the kind of breaking it down piece by piece, from a linebacker position in, in, in that room, what did they tell you guys going into sc- spring practice, or specifically A-Day, but in the spring practice in general, what does a successful A-Day look like for you guys in a successful spring practice that you know that you have either A, gotten better, or B, at least impressed the coaches? It's all about It's all about knowing what to do. That's all that spring ball is, is just like learning everything that you can. And so they're going to throw everything they can at you. The offense is going to throw absolutely everything. You know, they might throw some fun things in towards the end to get the fans all excited. But it's all just about, you know, if you're where you're supposed to be, when you're supposed to be there making the right calls, that's what the coaches want to see. Like, obviously, if you can't execute, if you're not finishing the play and making the tackle, that's not very good. But more than anything, they would rather you be in the right spot aggressively and do that correctly and then just miss on a tackle or miss on maybe a side that you pick as opposed to going, you know, being timid or if you just completely end up in the wrong spot, that's when they're like, all right, look, we've worked on this for three weeks now. You have to know this. This is the biggest stage and you've forgotten it. And that's just, that's a massive miss. 
I get that. Uh, that that makes perfect sense. And we, we've been talking. We talked with ESPN one hundred six point seven's Jacob Goins yesterday, uh, and he was talking about a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of people blow it out of proportion. Eight A is a scrimmage. It is a glorified practice with an eagle flight, uh, and 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 the band and the, the whole the whole nine in the pageantry. That being said, there's got to be a little element. Maybe I'm just misspeaking here, but you guys got to like circle eight A at the end and just be excited for that, right? Like that's something that you look forward to. Oh, it's it's really really fun uh surface level a day is the end of spring ball and you get a break afterwards <laughs> and everybody everybody is super excited for it. you get your little summer break right afterwards depending on how the schedule is so that in and of itself is fun but more importantly yeah i mean you you always hear about it but you are just tired of practice every day in and out and we have you have little scrimmages during spring ball to kind of prepare you for a day and everything but it's just not the same and the scrimmages aren't as intense as a day and you get out there and you're in Jordan hair and there's fans and it's, it's everything. It's as close to his game day as it'll get for you before you actually start getting into the season. So it's really cool because you get to go out there, you put on a Jersey, you get to run out. Like it basically is game day. And then you go out there and play a football game and sure there's stipulations on, um, you know, uh, how they want to set up the scrimmage and everything, and they might do a special teams period in there as opposed to throw it all in it like a normal game time, but it still plays, and you're still out there basically treating it like a full game, and you get to go out and play football, which is everybody's – that's what they're there for. That's right. Speaking of, you brought up a good point about the formatting. Dylan was uh, was able to go to Coach Freeze's press conference and watch open practice today, uh, so that's super cool. He got his own little credential, uh, uh, and he was, he was cheesing pretty hard. I have a great picture that says the credential loop now. Uh, so that's that's pretty awesome. Dylan, let everybody know. Just go ahead and break it down for us since, since you were there and you put it in the, in the Twitter space, the Twitterverse, if you will. And then I want to get Brooks's thoughts on, on this year's formatting. I like it. And then, Daniel, I want to get your thoughts as well on, on this year's formatting uh, for, for how A-Day seems like it's going to go. Dylan, break it down for us, and then let's let's get everybody's thoughts. Yeah, so this A-Day is a little bit differently. Uh, last time it was usually the second-team offense with the first-team defense and the first-team offense with the second-team defense, just kind of battling out in normal game scenario. But this season, Hughes doing a little bit differently. The defense, it's the defense versus the offense. Uh, defense gets a set number of points, maybe like twenty-four plus, somewhere around there, with the opportunity with a pick six, scoop and score to get more points. So the plan for this game is the offense has to come back and win, uh, using all four of the quarters really to uh, come back and take the lead from the defense. And that's just pretty much how it's going to go. I assume it's going to be just switching out every possession quarter or what. I don't really know. He didn't really go that far in depth with it. But, yeah, new format for 8A, not a not a normal practice game. How did. would you have liked to do that, Brooks? That's fun because you always want to be as game-specific as you can. And so as opposed to just going out there, and that that really makes it more of a competition atmosphere. Like the, the ones versus twos, you get that every day in practice. And it can get pretty intense, And but that was fun. But we had seen that every day beforehand in spring ball so when you come out there and yeah putting points on the board and then the defense you know you say hey here's what you got you got to stick with it offense they have a goal to get to that's a lot better than just saying hey go out there and try to score points like there's something there's a number you can look at you can get to and then the play calling changes and it's good practice for the coaches and how they're going to operate and like hopefully what becomes like a high stress type situation so I, I saw that on social media that it was going to be like that. And I'm really excited because that makes it more, it makes it more realistic and everybody will get into it and it'll feel pretty intense by the end. Hopefully if things stay, get pretty close. 
Right on. Uh, Daniel, your thoughts on the, on the new formatting. I think that this is actually a good platform. Your thoughts? Sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I like it because, you know, kind of like, I don't know. I covered 8 last year and I'm going to be honest. It was just kind of hard to watch. Um, well, I can't guarantee it won't be this year. <laughs> no. I, yeah. But this just, at least from the, the jump, this is more intriguing then like I know from the very get go that I'll be more excited to get up Saturday morning and go watch this, you know, after the amazing uh Frank Thomas gets his much earned statue unveiled. Um so I'll be I'm just I don't know if I'm I'm ready to put a, like a stamp of approval or a seal of rejection on it yet. I, I just kinda need to see it first. I think from a fan perspective it'll be more entertaining. I, I think that that's sure. there's that. Uh, Hugh also brought up another thing he would like to do. Uh, I don't know if y'all saw it on Twitter. Uh, so Hugh actually wants to implement, he, I don't know who he has to talk to to go do this. I'm sure it's someone high up in the NCAA. Uh, but instead of doing uh, spring games like normal, where it's going to be like Auburn versus Auburn, maybe implement like some of the smaller in-state schools like UAB, Troy, South Alabama, Alabama State, Alabama A&M, uh, yeah, Tuskegee, who's like right there uh to kind of help with ticket sales because it'd be more of an in-game in environment and he also the uh proceeds all proceeds go to like a charity of some kind uh i thought that'd be really cool he also said that the injuries would be like de- like decreased by 50 percent uh by having yeah i don't know where i don't know where that number comes from i'm not entirely yeah. sure that's true. i'm not <laughs> entirely sure about that myself <laughs> but you get the quarterbacks on contact contact maybe rate. for your squad <laughs> But I mean, with, with Auburn versus like Tuskegee, they don't play. They I don't think they've ever played together. Uh, at least to my knowledge, they probably played sometime in like the early twenties. Uh, whenever that was like a normal thing to play. F- I don't even know is Tuskegee an FCS school or they or they FCS. FCS. Uh, but it, it'd be fun. Uh, you you have a unwritten rule that you know don't hit my quarterback. I won't hit yours. Right. But it kind of makes it easier to scout. Uh, the players because uh, it's kind of it's kind of hard because we talk about the, the wide receivers all the time and with wide receivers in practice they're going up against some of the best dbs in the sec so maybe they won't look as good as they usually do in uh in in game scenarios because you know you're going against the best uh and you know i don't want to say auburn wouldn't lose to a uab of <laughs> or anything but i mean it'd be fun I don't disagree. Brooks, would you like to have been able to strap it up against uh, another uh, someone not wearing an AU logo? Yeah, you get tired of hitting the same people for sure. <laughs> and there's there's little little beasts that start early on in spring and they just continue on. And so, yeah, it'd be really cool. Um, that's a fun idea. It's the other side of it. You could say like you're setting yourself up to kind of be super disappointed if you were to drop a game to Tuskegee or UAB or something like that. <laughs> Uh, but I do like that idea a lot and to do it all for charity, that seems really, really smart and really fun. But yeah, so also the coaches like they they're football coaches for a reason and they really like to have their hands on everything. And I think it'd be it'd be kind of interesting to hear coaches and try to see if they could collaborate on what they want to see done versus their own defense or things like that. But Overall, it's a really cool idea. I don't know if it could ever work, but it that would be a lot of fun. It would bring in a lot of people to watch. For sure. Let's let's talk nitty gritty now, Brooks. Let's talk. Uh, let's talk this linebacker <laughs> room, uh, and that, that's why we we've got you here. Uh, I know Dylan and Daniel are locked and loaded with some some nitpicky 
uh, I guess, questions or just nitty gritty questions. I'll, I'll start broad and then let them kind of have the floor. So it's, it's y'all's after this gentlemen and I'll shut up, but what is a successful day or what are you looking for? And what, what do you want to see out of this particular linebacking group? It can be some specific guys, well, some specific schemes. What, what are you looking for in a day on the, the, in the 2023 installment year one under freeze? You've got to see some guys. I think you've got to see some guys kind of take charge. Um, we don't have any previous starters um, staying, you know, we lost, I don't know how, what percentage of our linebacker snaps this year, but a super good amount. And so we've really got to have, whether it's some of the transfers, whether it's Wesley Steiner, Cam or Jake Levant, who got put on scholarship last year, like any of these guys, you got to have somebody that goes out there and a pretty casual fan can be like, oh, this is, this is the guy that they're trusting that's on the field the most. that looks like they know what they're doing. You've got to have one or two guys show up like that because then you set yourself up there at the end of spring to say, here's our guy. It's still a competition all throughout the summer, but at least it's not in complete limbo where we don't know who's going to step up because kind of you have to have somebody there or else everybody's fighting for the same. And you, you have to have somebody really kind of take charge. Right on. Yeah. And it looks like uh, the returning starters are taking charge because uh, whenever I, whenever uh, I forgot who asked the question, but whenever he started talking about the the linebackers, uh, the only new guy that got mentioned was Austin Keys. Uh, we always talked about Demario Tolan uh, and his impact coming from LSU. He was kind of like an afterthought in the uh, conversation because he just kind of got brought up. Like hopefully he it was like he laid all the guys that were performing well. You know Steiner, Riley, Keys got mentioned, Woodyard. I mean, most of your old teammates, really. Uh, but Demario Tolan kind of was like, hopefully he progresses. Uh, but uh, it kind of goes into like a spring scenario. When they bring in like a transfer position, they brought in two transfer linebackers. Is there a bit of a more pressure on the returning players to do better? Because usually when you pick up a transfer player, it's like, this is your replacement. This is the guy who's taking over your position. And so what what is like the thought process when our transfer comes in for your position? Yeah, it's definitely new blood and new. Um, there's not really any hard feelings because everybody, you know, you know that the transfer portal is a thing and you know you also have the option to go to another school where you want, if you want to compete there. So, but yeah, it's definitely, you kind of get the feeling of, hey, here's somebody that the coaches don't know as well. Here's somebody that I don't know as well. Like, and I've got to compete against this person again for the same position. And it's just a new feeling kind of energizes things. Um, yeah. And it can be a super good thing, especially they mesh super well personality wise with everybody. Then it just becomes another person there, another, you know, a good teammate there that's pushing you to do the exact same thing because they're, they're there for the same reason. All one to win a championship. <laughs> Daniel floor is yours. If you, if you wanted to chime in. Sure. So, is there a guy in this room that you just have really big expectations for? You know, uh, yeah, I love, like, Cam Riley has been playing really, really well, and he he played well while I was there, and then he kind of came into his own last year and has looked really good. And, I mean, I talked about it kind of some last time I was on, but like, he's just got – he's got the length and the size and the explosiveness that he could do super, super well. And I'm really excited to see where he could end up because you get a guy that's six three, playing linebacker like that. He, he it's not a t- shape really. So really excited to see what he can kind of 
piece together this year with a lot more responsibility. I'm 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 interested to see. There's there's a handful of names, and and Dylan kind of hinted at Demario Tolan. Is it is it commonplace? And we were talking about transfers a little bit here, especially on at a position where you've got to do so much, at like linebacker. I mean, there's a million different responsibilities you have uh, as as a linebacker. Uh, is it is it difficult for guys to when when they transfer from one location to another? Is it typically picking up a scheme, or it, can it really be a developmental thing sometimes? Because not to read too much into it from what Hugh Freeze said today, but it almost feels like there's a a little bit to be desired from Demario Tolan, a guy that I am probably going to have to eat my words on if that's true, because I was kind of jockeying for him to be a starter come SEC play. How does that, how does a progression look like in terms of you, you talk a lot about, you got to know where you're supposed to be, what you're supposed to do, but is there, is there like a pecking order or hierarchy here? I, I, I hope my question is not getting too cloudy, but like where, where a guy can come into a new scheme and just not progress on, on a level that, that you would expect. Does that happen like often? I wouldn't say often, but I mean, it definitely can happen sometimes, especially with transfers, like things that would fly at old schools don't fly wherever you transfer to, whether that's, you know, maybe your old coach way, way, way more emphasize just pure aggression. And if you're used to playing where, you know, if I shoot a gap, but I still make the play, that's cool. If you come to a new school where that's not okay, because the coach says, yes, you made the play, but look what happens if you don't, you left your responsibility. So there can be kind of a learning curve there on the coach's expectation and what the player is used to doing. Um, there can be that. And then, yeah, also, I mean, you know, most of the time you don't see pure 100% starters transferring. It does happen, but a lot of the times the guys that transfer are guys that don't get as much playing time. And there's, you know, there might be reasons for that, whether that's just, yeah, pure football knowledge or they didn't mesh with the, the old coaches, or it really could just be kind of simpler things of, Hey, we really need to work on, your understanding of gap responsibilities more and it can be little things like that. And, you know, that might hang a guy up for a while and it could just get kind of stuck before you get over that hump. So every person is totally different because every person is coming from a completely different football background. And like, you might've had a really, really good coach at a not good school you were at, or maybe not as well of a coach at a super big time school. And so it's, it's everybody's coming into this one spot and they've got a new coach that doesn't know them any more than they know the coach. I, I guess I could definitely see where that would happen. It's one of those things where when you hear that about Demario, you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, this is a guy that we all had our our eyes on. He he took OP's number. He's wearing zero this year. Like, one of those guys, you're like, it's not like that's a seven LSU number, but like, it's one of those like, hey, look at me. You know what I mean? Kind of, kind of, kind of concepts. And you, and you kind of expect them to follow suit. So it's, I don't want to say alarming, but also something that you you want to you wanna keep an eye on and monitor, right? Uh, you, you you mentioned you were, you were really excited about Cam Riley. And, and and you you mentioned Wesley Steiner. There's an interesting, Dylan, is interesting the right word, mix of guys in this room. How many different looks can you see in terms of of, of pairing guys um, or, or rotating guys in and out at that position the, the, before you get to a point where it's too congested? Does that make sense? Yeah, and that's that's the good thing about having a room where there's not – two guys that are way above everybody else because you can plug in different guys for, for length, for size, for speed. You know, you, you might have a guy that you only want to bring in in like super kind of dime type looks and um, big time passing situations. So that's, that's where you want to be able to trust everybody. Like you're going to have your guys, you're going to have somebody like how, how OP was where, you know, 
this guy is who we trust no matter what. Um, but you don't want the second string guy to be somebody that you can't have on the field. And so, and, you know, also just pure fatigue, you have to be able to move guys in and out because you can't have a linebacker playing every single play of the game. Most of the time, some guys are just built incredibly, incredibly different, but for the most part, yeah, you have to be able to rotate people and trust guys. And it comes down to kind of how the coach might be feeling about this particular drive or just honestly, who's having a good day, you know, or if somebody twists an ankle or busts an elbow, like you've got to be able to take somebody and put them in and trust them. And maybe your defense looks a little bit different with this person running the show or this person coming off the edge, but you, you go with it and the coaches know the players better than anybody else. So they'll, they'll play call around them. Right on. And uh, most of it might be a scheme thing. Uh, Auburn's going into the season with more of a four-two-five, with a kind of more of a three-three-five because the jacks the jacks a linebacker that just primarily rushes the quarterback. So it's a four-two-five. Uh, so how how much of the uh, the roster, the depth chart making, it has to do with the uh, what's the word? The meshing Dramatic. of the players, uh, well, the two players, uh, their chemistry, like we saw in 2019-2020, uh, Owen Papo's Kobe McLean they had a lot of chemistry and that's why that linebacker core was just so solid when those two were in how much of it is less the coaches and more of how the players play together. Yeah. The players, the players get it through, through just repetition together. And that's when it gets really, when they can get scary is when guys are used to playing for like with each other. And yeah, like Owen and Kobe, they knew exactly where the other one was at all times. And so you never saw them, somebody was an open field, you never saw them both take the same side of a guy. They were always coming in from both sides. Like, it just comes through reps and confidence. And, yeah, I mean, the coaches have to know – the coaches trust everybody to be together, and you have to or else you're not doing your job as a coach if you don't have your players prepared and you don't feel like they're prepared. But at the same time, that's why you have starters and you have guys that are more comfortable out there on the field playing with each other. And a big part of that, you get that in uh, summer ball when you're playing seven on seven all the time, um, because that's when guys are just rotating in and out constantly. And you get pretty good at calling to each other and knowing when somebody's going to pick up some, somebody on a route. So that just comes with repetition. And um, that's that's what it's mostly about. And yeah, the coaches do play a big hand in it, too. I definitely I, I feel like there's visible um, chemistry when 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 the linebacker and course clicking and then there's whatever we witnessed um, last year after Owen went down. Um, there's you've, we've seen both ends of the spectrum at Auburn in the past uh, half decade, really. And um, that's no no dig at anybody. I mean, you don't you can't account for, account for injuries, but yeah, there, there's certainly an element to it. Daniel, floor is yours. Yeah. So, like, how good is a day for kind of learning the schematics, if that makes sense? As, as a player, as a fan, kind of watching them, trying to figure out what you learned from the coaches? Uh, mainly player. You, going into A-Day, it's supposed to be second nature by then. You're kind of not, if, if you're out there and the coaches can still, can tell you're still learning things, you're still trying to process as the players are going on, then they're like, hey, that's, you're supposed to know that from Thursday of two weeks ago, we installed this and we ran this many plays of this, so by this point, that's what they're looking to see the most is if you can kind of – if you've internalized everything and if you can kind of play without thinking for the most part. So for, All right. 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm say for 8A, if, if you're like not getting it by 8A or you didn't have it by 8A, does that put you in a setback with the coaches and just on the roster in general by the time summer comes around? Like, are you seen as like, well, he's kind of falling behind, so this guy's going to step up in his place? Yeah, to an extent. I mean, no, everybody has something that is not right, and everybody in the position group knows it because you all sit there and you watch film and you watch everybody get called out for what they've done. So it's not a secret and it's not anything, it's not any big surprise where we would go out there. And if, if somebody didn't perform that other people in their position group would be like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. Every, you know, to an extent. Um, and sometimes guys will surprise you in a good way because they're just kind of gamers and they'll show out all of a sudden. Um, Landing King kind of uh, makes me think of that. You think? But, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but yeah, so you're definitely, it's not like an all of a sudden setback going in the summer where, Hey, Oh no, this person is, you know, maybe fourth at the mic. Like, you know, that going into a day and it'll, it'll be reflected based off of who gets how many reps and everything, but you just carry it on because yeah, spring ball and a day is all just preparation and building. And then summer is still preparation. And then you jump into fall, which is still learning and still going at it. So it's just, every part of it is just to get ready for the season. So they still got a lot of time. Word. All right. I'm going to pivot a little bit here, Brooks, if, if you're okay. We're, we're talking quarterbacks as everybody this week. If it's okay with you to talk just a little bit of quarterback talk where we're, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to touch base there. We'll, we'll start with, is there anybody on the field that you've, that you've ever played next to um, that, that feels more pressure on a day than a quarterback? No, I can't. I can't imagine, especially a quarterback in this type of situation where you don't know at all who the starter is going to be. Yeah, it, it's got to be these guys. That felt like a layup question. That's that's why I said we'll start there. Let, let's talk about this quarterback room, guys. And and I know we do it every every uh, every single show. And Daniel's over here ready to beat his head with a pencil because he's tired of talking about quarterbacks. But we're going to talk about quarterbacks because it's what we do here. We've heard a lot of exciting things about Holden Jariner in spring ball. And and we've heard a lot of not exciting things about Robbie Ashford in spring ball. And then you know that TJ Finley is going to show out on Saturday because he's good in practice. Uh, and, and and you've you've you said on the show before that uh, TJ is just a competitor and, and that he's just a competitive dude. With the past week, a lot, a lot of news has come out, especially about Holden. Where's your head at with this whole quarterback battle? And are you as confused as we are? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's the type of situation where even the coaches know they probably have guys that not necessarily that they want to be the starter, but guys that they could see are the guys that would need the least amount of steps to become a confident starter. And those are the guys that they're really hoping take those final steps. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I have, I have no clue. It'll be really fun to see at a day. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's, it's a scrimmage. And you definitely can't hang your hat on who does what in spring ball. More than anything, who looks confident out there and who looks who looks like they're playing slowly is maybe more than who's, you know, oh, TJ dropped in a long ball, like a super good, one really good pass. You got to look more at how did he look in the pocket, comfortable with the game. Like, can you tell he's understanding the game more? Because, I mean, yeah, a quarterback in a scrimmage can be so up and down. It's It's really hard to tell. It begs the question: Is is the starting quarterback even on the roster at the at uh, for right now? Because you know you're going in with question marks all over with T.J. Finley, question marks all over with Holden Jarner, uh, and again with Robbie Ashford. 
So to you, do you think the starting quarterback is currently on roster right now at Auburn? I think they definitely could be. It just, you know, I mean, you have no idea what type of guy you're going to get. It's a great answer. From, <laughs> uh, well, I, that's that's the no. It's I it's a give. perfectly fine answer, Brooks. It's just hope that yeah. you're right. <laughs> it could be, and maybe some guy will really, really figure it out um, over the summer, and then who knows? We'll look back and say, well, we absolutely should have known that Holden was going to be the guy or whoever. But you know, you you get transfers in, and you don't really know how they're going to work out, or you get a transfer in like Zach Calzado who has the shoulder problems and never gets to play and so it's just completely up in the air and it, it, it I'm very glad I'm not having to be the one trying to pick it because there's you have no clue excuse me for that by the way guys I was trying to mute and I had to I had to clear my throat start bench cut Robbie Holden TJ who yeah I'm putting you on the spot Anal- okay. analyst Brooks Walton we won't expect expect no uh... analyst Brooks Walton <laughs> all right well I'll go with I trust you freeze and what he's saying so I guess we'll start holding see how he's doing he's got a lot of time left too so get him a lot of the, the Gurner pro- propaganda yeah we'll go on that and then uh I don't know I you're gonna bench Robbie yeah. you're gonna cut TJ come on probably yeah he don't want to just because Robbie's more Robbie's more dynamic you gotta you gotta just hope that something's there listen I know you played with TJ and I know you got respect with for, with, for TJ so I'll, I'll say it for you um, and, and I really don't have disrespect for T's. I, I'm just looking at those yeah. three analytically. That's my pecking order. Well, Daniel, I, was gonna, I was gonna take that question for you because I was I, Robbie Ashford is my guy. I've been behind Robbie Ashford since April 7th of last year. Uh, he has always been the quarterback I thought was gonna lead Auburn to better places, the promised land. <laughs> uh, but uh, promised land, yes, uh, hopefully. But how, how hard is it to evaluate a quarterback, especially a quarterback like Robbie Ashford, a dual threat who mostly is a, a runner? How hard is it to evaluate him whenever you can't really hit him in spring? Yeah. Uh, sometimes you know. I mean, if a guy comes free around the edge, you no matter how quick Robbie is, like he's probably not make, getting out of here. But, you know, that's why they let the, that's why they let the players play and the guys will run by and kind of tag off and Robbie will still get them throw it in the D-backs and the receivers will all still get their work. But, yeah, it is a little bit different because, I mean, I personally, I never played quarterback in the SEC, so I don't know. But I feel like they probably don't have as much of the, hey, I could get killed on this play kind of in the back of their mind in the spring. So they might be a little bit more relaxed than you would than you would typically expect. But, yeah, it's just different. And um, a lot of the times you just kind of – you'll see a guy come through and the play will be blown dead, but you want to see a guy like Robbie just be dynamic and spin out. And then you got scramble drill receivers running everywhere. So it's, it is, it's, it's really tough, but um, those coaches, those quarterbacks are thrown a lot and the coaches are watching everything super closely. So they're doing the best they can. That was the greatest Brooks Walton response we've had since we've been on the show. And let me tell you why real, really, really, really quick. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna fire up the rumor mill and loosely interpret what he just said. One was if Robbie comes near me, I'm blowing his ass up when he gets around the edge because he's not he's not going anywhere. That's that's what I read into that. Brooks Walton um, would have would have given Robbie a concussion spring ball. Fire up the fire up the rumor mill. Um, I, all jokes, all jokes. Brooks would not intentionally commit targeting. He's not Smoke Monday. Um, I, hey, it's not Smoke's fault, man. He was a magnet. It's, just, it's not even his fault. 
Uh, number two, uh, the little comment about him not playing quarterback in the SEC is I think Brooks has a COVID year. So he's saying to put his name into consideration for the quarterback battle. And to be honest, you got my vote. So. All right, good. Yeah, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. I don't know that you would be the slowest to ad adapt to this playbook in that quarterback room. So <laughs> uh, I, these are things I can say and you can't. So sorry about it. Sorry about it. Um, Brooks, it has been nothing short of a pleasure um, to, to talk ball with you. And and last, like, not super serious question, favorite favorite part of A-Day, and why was it having hundreds of fans lined up? Because I know they wanted your autographs. Uh, but uh, what was your favorite part about A-Day? Um, and we've asked you before, but just, just to bring you back home. Yeah, uh, so that A-Day was my first real experience because I started in the spring of my freshman year, and so I really had no idea what to expect. And it's cool. And it's really cool to have a spring game. First off, just the fact that Auburn calls it A-Day as opposed to the spring game, it kind of adds a little bit of this is different. This is a big deal here at this school. So it's it's really neat. And, and then to go into Jordan-Heron, it's as close to a game day atmosphere as you can get without it being a game day. But you've still got thousands and thousands of people there for a spring game. And it's just cool. It's the, it's the culmination of everything you worked really, really, really hard for for the past however many weeks it was. And so you're happy to be there. You're relieved. You're excited. You're nervous. It was a really, it's a really fun feel. And then you get to take those pads off and be done with spring practice. Brooks Walton, everybody joining us this Tuesday as possibly, maybe we'll just make him come on every Tuesday if he's down. Um, just we, we enjoy Brews Day with Brooks. Thanks for coming on, man. Always a pleasure. Dylan, let's cut it back to ourselves. Let's finish this around this one out with a little bit of other Auburn athletics news. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. Yes, a big thank you to Brooks Walton. Bruise Day with Brooks, always a roaring success and ultra popular amongst us, at least. And it seems like you guys like it, too. Make sure you go give Brooks some love. I guess he's on Twitter sometimes, uh, at Brooks Walton, whenever he decides to uh, go on the on the Bird app, which is usually when we record with him. So we should be active tomorrow. Y'all go give him some love. Tell him how much we appreciate him. That being said, Dylan Lark, like I said, you were at spring practice the monday practice with he with you freeze and his press conference earlier in the day give us the rundown let us know what we need to know going into a day all right so big thing is that robbie ashford has been a little on the injured side uh, it turns out he is getting very close to being fully healthy so maybe all the bad throws are coming from a sore shoulder so maybe he's getting flack for just being hurt uh -huh. uh, but he also said that practices are trying to make all of them count. And with A-Day, he's trying, going to try to make it as fun as possible. We talked about with the new format. And uh, a lot of a lot of players were mentioned in this in this press conference. Uh, he said, Jarquez Hunter, talk about the running backs all the time. This is probably the most stacked position on the field at any time for Auburn. Uh, best running back he has ever coached. Which, uh, I'm not, 
I can't remember a lot of the running backs that were at Ole Miss because that was more of a pass-happy Ole Miss back in the day. But I, he's been coaching a hot minute. And uh, I think that just shows what's uh, what's going to come uh, under the uh, Dark West Hunter era at Auburn. Also, a big guy that got mentioned, Mosiah Nasili Kite, a uh, transfer guy that we haven't talked about a lot uh, ever since he uh, committed to the Plains. Uh, he has improved the most out of anybody on the defensive line and has definitely caught Hugh Freeze's eye. Cool. A uh, guy who I, I think might be taking over that defensive end position at this point. Uh, so defensive line right now, it looks like Mosiah, uh, defensive end, and the DT and the nose tackle position are going to be Justin or Jason Jones and uh, I just forgot Justin Rogers. There we go. Uh, with Jeffrey Emba following shortly after one of those two. And edge rusher, Elijah McAllister, big, bold, or Keldrick Fox. <laughs> Or right. Brooks, you know, it's going to be one of those one of those A days. I feel like when you get that. But the big thing he mentioned was which what is what each quarterback has improved on this off season. And I caught Robbie Ashford and Holden Jariner's. I didn't catch C.J. Finley's. Uh, but Holden Jariner's big thing, his accuracy, especially on uh, downfield throws on deep balls, he has been improving on all off season really. And I think that's really picked up right after pro day which I guess playing next to Cam Newton, we talked about with Jacob Goins yesterday, playing with Cam Newton kind of benefits that a lot. Sure. And he said that Robbie has really been focusing on his pocket presence. Uh, he's not, he's way more quiet in the pocket. He's not happy feet anymore. He is now trusting his offensive line. I think that comes from the fact that this offensive line is going to be one of the best Auburn seen in a hot It's minute. an offensive line worth trusting. Yeah. And uh, I mean, right now, from what I saw from the starting five, it's Dylan Wade at left tackle. Uh, right tackle Gunnar Britton, left guard Tate Johnson was playing left guard today, uh, former center last year. Uh, Cameron Stutz at right guard and the center Avery Jones. So uh, it's a whole new uh, offensive line, especially if you got Tate Johnson, who's old face in a new place. Sure. And uh, tight ends really looked really good today. Uh, all five of them, uh, even down to the guy number 47, uh, Ladalgo, I believe was his name. But something that caught my eye on the kind of the bad side, uh, we mentioned that Demario Tolan was one of them. Landon King had a few drops. A uh, few of them were very catchable balls, especially whenever you're his size, you should be catching those balls. Uh, one of them, I, I, I don't know if I could post the clip anywhere, but it's in the end zone. And it looks like he's kind of great. Uh, it was over, it went right over the corner. I couldn't catch him, caught it because I was trying to just watch him run the route. Uh, but it just went right over him. It, it could have been grabbed and it would have been a beautiful catch. Uh, but two, three drops out of him, eh, it's kind of worrisome. Uh, but the rest of the wide receiver core, I don't think I, I didn't see a lot of drops. Uh, Jake Cruz caught a call all, all of his uh, targets. <laughs> so that's my guy. Uh, they're rocking the eighty-two, the old Melvin Ray number. Uh, but uh, couldn't really catch a lot of the linebackers. Offensive line looked good, but they always look good. Uh, I, all I could see was the quarterbacks and wide receivers from where we were standing. There you go. Anything else to add on your report, Dylan? Uh, it was a uh, facility is great. Yeah, I bet. That was my first time in the facility. I was taken away. Uh, my breath was taken away. That, that place was beautiful. No wonder recruits want to come to Auburn now. 
or yeah, more so than before. I should have taken a little stroll and uh, maybe got lost in there. Should have gone to the barber shop in there. Apparently, that's about to be up and running. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's keep the keep the ball rolling here on the college loop. Got a couple more things to talk about before we can let people enjoy the rest of their Tuesday. Daniel, big news from the women's basketball world. Aisha Kulabali has entered the transfer portal. Where? What, what does this mean for Auburn women's basketball? What does this mean for AC? What does this mean for your mental sanity? Sure. So um, kind of going through the the uh, list you gave me here, um, sometimes things have to get worse before they get better. Okay. Sure. Johnny Harris and her two seasons on the Plains at this point has not had an SEC roster. Yes. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, I just dropped my pencil to imitate a mic, a microphone. Uh, even though it's kind of funny, I always have a pencil in my hand, so you might think when you're watching that I'm writing stuff. I'm not. There's no paper here. I just like the pencil. Uh, anyway, um, so I think it's one of those things that like kind of sucks in the moment but ends up being pretty good because a lot of stuff has come out recently, like how good of a teammate was AC? How good was she in the locker room? What was her relationship like with Coach J? Um, so – you know, it, it sucks because she – it was either her – but it was between her and, um, honesty, Scott Grayson for who was really the best player on the team this year. So, I mean, obviously it sucks to lose an on-court presence like that, but this opens up a scholarship. We can go cook in the port. I don't I don't disagree there. And also, like you said, a lot of, a lot of controversy surrounding uh, a number of these these young ladies – about uh, meshing of attitudes, uh, more, I guess, philosophies, and and not necessarily meshing well with uh, the Coach J philosophy and, and scheme. And and you know what? Like you said, that's part of life. So that's uh, that's that's just kind of like you said. It could get worse before it gets better. I personally think Coach J is probably going to cook pretty well in the portal this year and and bring in a nice little class. You've not seen Caitlin Duhon declare for the transfer portal yet, which is a little bit surprising in my opinion. Um. But you keep honesty, Scott Grayson. And if there's one player on that court last year that I was not, be, I, that I that I never doubted about whether or not she was playing for Auburn, it was it was honesty, Scott Grayson, as opposed to playing for the name on the back. She was playing for the name on the front. And uh, there is something to that that effect. We talk a lot about X's and O's, but ultimately, if you're not coachable, you're not coachable. And uh, it sounds like that may have been the case with Aisha Kulabali. And if that is, it's unfortunate because she's a very very talented basketball player. And and she will wind up somewhere else within whether that be within conference or, or within the Power Five, she, she will be a talented basketball player and really impact somewhere else and, and maybe go to a contender that, that could really um, elevate their game. That being said, I think this is probably long term. I think in the long run, this is this is in the best interest of of both parties for for Aisha Kulbali and Auburn two part ways. Moving forward, Daniel, I mean, what a meltdown in Gainesville for Auburn baseball. You look like you've got it in the bag on Sunday after a blowout win Saturday, not really showing up, excuse me, blowout win Friday, not really showing up Saturday, and then Sunday you're up 8-3, and then you wind up getting the doors blown off you. I mean, what the hell is going on with this pitching pitching staff? Yeah, well, like we said on last thir- Friday's show, no, last Thursday's show. <laughs> I get it. I follow the science. Um, That we were just expecting one win. And on Friday, they went down, they got that win in convincing fashion. We're like, oh, shoot, man, this is going to be a good series. And then 
I like to call this the Boston Red Sox effect. You know, you, you get that one win that you're like, and then the next night you're losing to Pittsburgh. So you translate that over here, you know, they got that really eye-popping win. Then Saturday they get the brakes beat off them. And then Sunday, this is another thing that the Red Sox frequently do. Lay an egg. They build up like a multi five, six run lead. You know, things look pretty good. And then slowly but surely it crumbles away. And you're like, what the what I almost had the censor me there. Like what what just happened on the Oh yeah, you're the one that needs censoring on this show. Yeah. Uh you're damn right. <laughs> um yeah so just not 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 uh it had so much hope you know um go down win a series against florida that would have done wonders for conference play that would have done wonders for rpi it would have if they had gone and taken a series against florida i like our chances of hosting a regional a lot more than i do as i current as we currently sit here I, I don't disagree. And uh, Dylan, it was another one of those pitching meltdowns. Guys, Chase also just does not look like he's got the confidence right now. I mean, he got himself into a mess. And and I don't I don't get too critical of, of Butch. I really don't. Why the hell was he in the game so long? Um, it felt it felt like also just stayed in and stayed in and stayed in. And, and, and just got himself into more and more trouble. And I respect trying to let him clean it up. I, I get that that can help rebuild confidence going forward too. But, I mean, you just you got to scratch your head and go, what was going on, man? Let's flip it to the other side of the diamond. Dylan, Auburn softball got the job done over Ole Miss, winning that series 2-1. to one. You, were able to, you were able to go on Sunday in a uh, – that's probably one of the tightest softball games you've been to, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and a good game. Um Holy crap, Maddie Penta, you are so different. Yeah, bow down to the Pentagon. Um, I know we were a little worried, not worried, but like a little upset for her that that she was getting no help uh, for, for a little bit there. Uh, Auburn's figured it back out, and they've they've now won, what, five of their last six conference games? Yep. I think the Tigers are in decent shape. What were your what were your takeaways from this past weekend, Dylan? Uh, well, the uh, offensive uh, – Maddie Penta is just her – uh, but oh. offensive side of, of, of the ball, uh, batting is a bit inconsistent. Uh, and by bit, I mean, very inconsistent. Sure. Uh, it could just mean the SEC is loaded in the pitching, uh, just pitching in general, but it is, it is uh, yeah, but <laughs> it took Auburn, I believe six innings to get a hit. And, uh, he just kind of took advantage of Ole Miss pitchers kind of throwing balls all the time. Uh, that game, so much stuff happened. Uh, I met up with Emily Ellis afterwards to get her, uh, take on what happened when Auburn scored that run, uh, because it, Auburn tried to steal second base on a walk and advanced the runner from third to home. And I, I was all over the place that game. I had Ole Miss fans screaming on my right ear. I had my girlfriend screaming at Ole Miss fans on my left. <laughs> and I had a pitcher's duel in front of me. Uh, it was a wild experience to go to. Uh, yeah, tightest game I've been to uh, at Jane B. Moore. But Auburn won it. Auburn took the series. Uh, it was, uh, it was a, a lot of fun. The wild, wild west that is SEC softball. Yeah. <laughs> certainly uh, certainly in its, in its epitome and, and its pinnacle. Busy week for Auburn sports. Got a busy week coming up. I uh, got a couple of midweeks we'll, we'll talk about later on um, and, and recap those. 
Got a lot of football content coming y'all's way here at the College Loop. Like we said, it's a seven under seven. If you're watching the YouTube version, make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, and comment along. Let us know where your headspace is at in terms of the foot, the quarterback conversation. I almost said the football conversation, but I guess that is one too. The linebacker room, why you love having Brooks Walton on the show so much, just like we do. And, and and give us your thoughts on what we can do better, which, what kind of content you guys want to see here. We've got some really, really special stuff coming up for you guys at the end of the week, and I'm not done telling you all about it. We're going to let let new new rumors fly as the as the week goes on. Firing up the rumor mill is what we do best here. Daniel, you can also let, send me a letter. What's up? I said you can also send me a letter. Send him a letter. I, I love yeah. that. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find you, love you, support you, and send you a letter. I'm at Twitter, at on Twitter, at Daniel J. Locke. <laughs> Uh, there are six outlets I contribute to. Pick one. Um, as far as the letter goes, I'll work on getting a P.O. box set up. <laughs> Make sure you guys follow along any Auburn student media outlet and the uh, Opelika Observer and the Auburn Wire. Did I get all that? Uh, and Auburn Daily for and when I'm Auburn, filling in for you. The Auburn Daily when you're when you're playing uh, dress up as me, which that's a that's a hell of a cosplay. cosplay. Anyways, <laughs> I'm Harrison Tar. Add by Harrison Tar on the Bird app. That's like you're reading my byline where. You can conveniently read more written content at the Auburn Daily. You can listen to more of my podcasting work every Wednesday and Friday on the Auburn Daily Show. Every Wednesday with the wonderful Dylan Lark and every Friday with the legendary Lindsay Crosby. You can also find all of my additional podcasting, TikTok, real things, whatever I send to Dylan and he does his little magic right here on the College Loop. Typically every two. Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday. This week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Got that out as quick as I possibly could. Super excited. Happy 8-Day Madness to those who celebrate. Happy 8-Day Madness to those who don't. We're super excited. Once again, welcome to all of our new subscribers here on the College Loop YouTube channel. And thank you guys for following along. If you're listening on the streaming platforms, make sure to leave us a five-star review. We're really excited to have you guys on board. Welcome to the loop. Dylan, get us out of here, my man. Yep, I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. That is at Y A B O Y the tank. If you're watching, it's just right above me. Make sure I get it that time because my dad told me I did it wrong on the last episode. And catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday with Lance Daw, who will you'll be meeting very soon. And on Wednesday with Harrison Tarr. Catch us on the College Loop on YouTube, Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. But Tar, don't have a MySpace yet. RIP MySpace, man. You got to get on that. Uh, but for all y'all out there, make sure you wear your sunscreen. And there's been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>